This is an AMI podcast. I'm Juita Gupta, and this is The Pulse. One in five Canadians identifies as living with some kind of disability. It's a well-established fact that employment rates for the disability community are far below that for non-disabled adults of working age. There is a significant and untapped labor force comprising workers with disabilities. A regular paycheck is an obvious benefit of a full-time job, but the impacts of employment are numerous and far-reaching for the disability community. Many employers do go out of their way to hire and support workers with disabilities, but there are just as many employers who are doubtful and who struggle with their perceptions about the abilities of workers with disabilities. Today, we discuss disability and employment. It's time to put your finger on the pulse. Welcome to The Pulse on AMI-audio. My name is Chuita Gupta. I'm the host and producer of the program. I wanted to sort of pivot and talk a little bit about employment issues for people with disabilities. It's an issue that we come back to on the program uh, several times. We've, we've brought on guests and we've talked about the employment issue from various facets. But I am interested to see how advocates and those who are committed to trying to create an equal field, playing field for people with disabilities are feeling about the employment prospects for people with disabilities now that we're in the middle of a pandemic. I mean, there is a larger context to this conversation in that there are some experts who say that the economy is in rough shape, we're going to see job losses in, in any case. And so it does seem from that point of view that things are quite dire for people with disabilities. On the other hand, I've also heard a more optimistic view of the economy where people are saying it's a bit like the roaring 20s. And so when we're finally on the other side of this pandemic, we're going to see a lot of opportunities for people of all ages and all backgrounds and hopefully all abilities to capitalize on economic growth and job opportunities. It so happens that the Ontario Disability Employment Network, or ODIN, is um, about to launch a conference or is about to hold a conference in the next few days. My guest right now is Jeanette Campbell, CEO of ODIN, or Ontario Disability Employment Network. And she'll be talking to us about the conference and giving us her thoughts about employment for people with disabilities during the pandemic and beyond the pandemic as well. Jeanette Campbell, welcome to The Pulse. It's really good to have you on the program. Well, thank you so much, Joita. It's great to be on the Pulse. Tell me a little bit about ODIN. What do you do? Well, the Ontario Disability Employment Network, or ODIN, is a network, actually, of over 140 employment service providers across the province. And uh, we're all united to increase access to employment for job seekers who have a disability. So ODIN also works directly with businesses to improve their inclusive hiring practices and assist them with becoming disability confident and aware. Uh, We've been in existence for just over 15 years, and we've worked with everyone from small to extremely large businesses in the province, as well as uh, government and employment service providers. I mentioned off the top that in a few days you'll be organizing and holding a conference. 
tell us a little bit more about when that's taking place and who is invited. Sure. So the Rethinking Disability Conference, which is themed this year as Diversifying Your Business, is taking place the morning of Wednesday, March 24th. So it's a virtual event, fully hosted online. And again, it is a morning event. It's a really packed session. And it includes a keynote speaker, uh, Josh Davies, from the Center for Work Ethic, a speed networking session uh, that's divided into four rooms in retail, technology, professional services, and uh, manufacturing. We have uh, breakout sessions that I can get into more detail on, uh, addressing things like disability awareness, diversity in the talent pool, and managing mental health and anxiety in the workplace. And then we're going to be capping it off with a panel of employment specialists to talk to business about how to access the talent pool of job seekers who have a disability and and what services are available um, across the province. Hey, that sounds really interesting. Now, you've piqued my interest with uh, the just the, the title of the conference. It's diversifying your business as opposed to diversifying your workforce. What was your thinking there with that that theme or that take on this idea of employment for people with disabilities? Well, that's a good question, Jolita. Um, really, the, the theme comes from the idea that it's not just about diversifying your workforce. It's that when you are practicing diversity and inclusion, um, it, it's impacting everything to do with your business. So it's not just about having a, a diverse, inclusive workforce. It's that it's inclusive for everybody. It's inclusive for the people who work with you. It's inclusive for customers or clients, uh, that your information is accessible, uh, that your uh, if you have a physical location, that it's accessible. Um, so really, if people want to be very intentional about their inclusion, it's about diversifying your entire business not just mm-hmm. looking at one aspect of what it is that you do day to day. I think that's sounding really good. Now, tell me a little bit about why you wanted to have this conference right now. Uh, was there something, um, were, you, were you reading the tea leaves and thinking, you know, now's a really good time to get employers talking? What was going through your mind? Well, I, I wish we had tea leaves. Um, so that we would know, so we would know when when are we coming out of this? That would be that would be great. But uh, really, what it is is that it's always time to talk about employment. It's always time to talk about employment for job seekers who have a disability, you know, with or without the the pandemic. So when we put together this this conference, we designed it for HR professionals, managers, recruiters. Uh, business owners, operators, really anybody who's in a position to hire or manage their workforce. Um, and, and then we designed it as a, as a conference that's a business-to-business conversation because we think that being able to learn from your peers in similar sectors or the same sector as you who have experience and success in their inclusion efforts is, is powerful and it's not an opportunity you get every day. And so, you know, Joita, to your question about, you know, sort of like why why did we choose now? Um, really, my answer to that is sort of why not now? It's like I said, it's always time to talk about employment, pandemic or not. 
businesses are struggling with a talent shortage in this country. Uh, there's a workforce out there that's talented, motivated, ready to work. And so really businesses should be talking about inclusion and inclusive practices uh, all of the time. It benefits them at their bottom line with higher retention rates, increased productivity, and it puts in place systems and processes that are beneficial for all of their employees and all of their customers and clients. You know, there was uh, actually an Accenture study that found that businesses that practice inclusive hiring experience 72% more productivity. And Deloitte put out a global human capital trend report back in uh, late 2017 that revealed that 78% of businesses credit diversity and inclusion as being a competitive advantage. So when you think about the pandemic, and you think about just the talent shortage in general, now's the perfect time to talk about employment for job seekers who have a disability. Do you think um, clients for a particular business respond positively to inclusive inclusion efforts that, you know, the that someone is more likely to patronize a business where they can see that an effort is being made to be inclusive? That could be in terms of their workforce. It could be in terms of their processes uh, compared to a workforce that does not seem to be doing that kind of work to make their workplace more inclusive of people with disabilities and I guess people in general because people come from various backgrounds right mm-hmm. well and and that's an excellent point is that it's people in general and so you know to to the beginning of your question there um, when you see yourself reflected in your community and in the businesses that you frequent and the services that you access um, your chances are you're going to be more inclined to go to those places. So there's there's a lot of research and studies and stats that are out there around the fact that people will make decisions around where they're going to spend their money based on the, the values um, and, and uh, some of the, the qualities of the businesses that they're going to. So people do make decisions based on whether or not this is a diverse business. This is an inclusive business. Is this an accessible business? Um, So when you're looking at customers and clients, that definitely can be the thing that differentiates you as a business from other similar businesses. Uh, When it comes to trying to access talent, you want to be the employer of choice. You want the reputation of being the best employer out there. Uh, And how do you do that? You do that by creating this culture of inclusion, this culture of of accessibility and diversity where everybody brings their best talent to their workday every day. That's the kind of place you want to go to. So I think it does. I think it really does make a big difference. Let's say that I were um, an HR professional or if I were a manager or someone even who's looking to uh, ever sit on a hiring committee and we wanted to sort of think about these issues more, is there still time to register for your conference? Absolutely, there's still time to register for the conference. It's happening on Wednesday, uh, so Wednesday, March 24th. Uh, we're asking people to sign on at around 9.15 and uh, the keynote speaker will start at 9.30 in the morning and you'll be done by noon. So there I'm is definitely time. 
Yeah, and if people want uh, want to take a look at the program or just go ahead and sign on, uh, it's www.rethinkingdisability.ca. My name is Juita Gupta, and my guest today is the Executive Director for the Ontario Disability Employment Network, or ODIN, Jeanette Campbell. Jeanette, you know, before we were we were just talking a few minutes ago, and you mentioned these four streams for employment, manufacturing, retail, um, professional jobs, and, you know, I guess, service sector jobs, um, I, and technology, of course. Now, mm-hmm. I admit to a bit of a bias here. I feel like I know of a lot of people with disabilities um, that tend to work in the techno- in, in technological fields. And then, of course, a number of people with disabilities who work in service professions and uh, as professionals, lawyers and what have you. Do you think we overlook retail and manufacturing? Um, are those sectors sectors that we don't normally talk about when we have conversations about where it is that people with disabilities could actually work? Actually, that's really interesting, Joita. So I think it depends on who you're talking to when we talk about mm-hmm. overrepresentation. So if you look at the disability population, again, like we said, there's huge diversity. There's a massive diversity in Canada, period. And people have so many uh, skills and abilities, but we do find that uh, sometimes people sort of get pigeonholed into certain certain sectors, industries, or careers. So when we look at um, an overrepresentation, it really somewhat depends on who who you're talking to. So I think you know what brings to mind for me with your comment is if we look at some of the trends that are happening right now um, in the autism spectrum world. So underneath the umbrella of autism or ASD, or uh, some people are using the term neurodiversity, uh, there seems to be a bit of an overrepresentation there um, in in technology, in, in mm-hmm. software testing companies that we hear about, uh, financial institutions. Um, but then the reality is in a lot of other sectors, there's a great underrepresentation. So when you look at things like uh, professional services and technology, you're not necessarily seeing a lot of people who have uh, a developmental disability or a mild intellectual mm-hmm. disability. So they're not accessing jobs in those areas. And so there, there's an overrepresentation in those groups um, in, in the service sector, in hospitality, mm-hmm. in, in retail. Um, so again, it really depends on on who you are, you might find that there's overrepresentation in certain sectors or others. What we what we did when we designed the the breakout sessions or the in the speed networking, sorry, losing my losing my thought there. Um, we looked at sort of the four areas that right now um, are are more of a trend, either because they're experiencing a lot of challenges or they're experiencing a lot of growth as a result of COVID. Um, So we know that things like the retail sector, hospitality, tourism, that's been very, very hard hit. So what are you doing in those sectors to plan for the other side of this? Um, Whereas manufacturing, when we look at things like food production, um, procurement, uh, sorry, logistics, uh, delivery, uh, all look at how manufacturing came to life even at the beginning of this entire factories were retooling to start creating new products Mm -hmm. to respond to COVID. 
Um, so where were they getting all of their work workers from? Where were they getting talent from? And as they grow, how are they going to keep sourcing talent? So we're also trying mm. to look at it from from that side. Well, it serves me right for oversimplifying this. Uh, you know, I'm uh, I've I've worked I've worked uh, now full time for a number of years, and I've really. Try to think about why it is that people with disabilities struggle so much in the employment world. I mean, like I said off the top of the program, I think it's quite well established that job seekers with disabilities are underrepresented in the workforce. Why is that? Do you think it's because of stigma or prejudice, or is it just because of a, a fear of the unknown? You know, what you know, what people can't imagine. They, you know, is it is it just a lack of imagination? Is it fearfulness? What what do you think explains why people with disabilities have been left behind? Mm, I would say yes, 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 and yes. Um, pretty much to everything you just said. There's, <laughs> you know, all all of those things play a role in this. Um, there's a there's a lot of reasons why a business may not have hired a job seeker who has a disability. Uh, there's there's myths. There's myths about people who have a disability that are still common and still need to be dispelled. And, you know, at Odin, we talk a lot about the need to continually educate businesses. Um, and those businesses need to make sure that they're continually educating uh, their managers, their supervisors, their line staff, their HR, everybody. Um, you know, the disability awareness brings about disability confidence. You can't be confident in something you're not aware of. Um, so we really need to get rid of some of these myths. I think that really one of the most common barriers uh, is that, that people experience on both sides, the job seeker and and the business, is, is a lack of awareness. So businesses have this lack of awareness about the fact that there's qualified, hardworking, and dedicated potential employees out there who happen to have a disability. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it makes me think about there was a 2017 survey that the Canadian Council on Rehabilitation and Work did. And it said that 71% of companies who were surveyed said that the reason they hadn't hired somebody who has a disability is that they weren't aware of what that person's skill level was. They weren't aware of the skill level within the disability population. And then on top of that, think about the fact that a lot of businesses don't know how to access this talent pool or they think it's gonna be really hard. So that's why, mm -hmm. you know, especially a good example is why in the conference we've created a panel of employment service providers. Um, Businesses should know that there is employment service providers who specialize in disability mm -hmm. hiring. They specialize in supporting businesses to recruit and to onboard and provide ongoing service to ensure that everybody succeeds. Mm -hmm. And lastly, I think, you know, putting it right out there, we also know that fear is a big factor. Um, mm -hmm. Fear of firing or making a mistake as a manager or supervisor, you know, or saying the wrong thing. Um, that's, that's always been a really big, big piece of it is that fear of hiring. And, um, you know, I think, again, it goes back to the fact that disability awareness uh, helps to reduce those fears. You know, we don't know what we don't know. So, mm -hmm. you know, our recommendation is that businesses need to, take a look at, at, at what they don't know 
and have start having those conversations. Talk to other businesses that are doing this and find out how they did it. And that, that really will help to, to reduce um, some of these barriers. So clearly there are attitudinal barriers. I think we can all sort of agree on that. But, you know, right now during the pandemic, I know especially small businesses have been really hard hit because of the closures and the shutdowns. They've lost their customer base. They've had to lay off their able-bodied employees. They've just had, for many business owners, it's been a struggle to stay afloat. And we know that small businesses are a major driver of job growth and, and, you know, in our economy, do you feel that it's going to be challenging to get some of these small businesses on board with this idea of hiring people with disabilities when they themselves are struggling to keep their head above water? Yeah, you know, COVID has really had a lot of impacts on on um, on everybody and on on our society and on the way that that things operate. But you know, there's no doubt that small businesses have been really hard hit. Um, but it's important, I think, to, to keep in mind the fact that, and this might sound strange, but small businesses aren't the only employers out there. So mm-hmm. when a small business starts to reopen, they're going to be competing with everybody else for talent. So they really should be looking at hiring with intent and with inclusion. Um, they're going to be competing against all of the other sectors that are growing, that are trending, uh, that are also rehiring and trying to recall. Small businesses had to lay off a, a lot of a lot of small businesses, and, and even medium-sized enterprises had to lay off their workforce um, and weren't able to keep people on the payroll. Chances are, a lot of those employees have had to move on. They're not they're not still sitting here 13 months later waiting. So when small business reopens. Uh, like I said, they're going to be in competition with everybody else for talent. And I think as a small business, you want to really make sure that you're reaping that return on investment when it comes to hiring. So Mm -hmm. if you look at some of the research that's been done around uh, the disability talent groups, uh, staff retention rates are 72% higher among employees who have a disability. So as a small business, probably this is where you should be looking, right? Turnover impacts your bottom line and you want to reduce those costs, right? So um, like I said, there's no doubt that small businesses have been hard hit, uh, but they should be looking at the decision to hire anybody as a good business decision that's going to impact their bottom line. So we've talked a lot about businesses. Just let me, as we wrap up here, let me just ask you a little bit about the job seeker with a disability Um, They're in a precarious situation. They're obviously looking for work, but they also contend with questions of when to disclose. Uh, They worry about stigma. They worry about discrimination. You've been in the business a long time now, Jeanette. Uh, What advice would you give someone with a disability as they make that journey or they take their first steps on the road to finding full-time employment or even part-time employment? That's a really good question. Um, I think that my my advice would be, um, you know, really the same for, for anybody. When you are starting down the road of looking for work, be it your first job or a change in career or just a, getting back into the workforce in a career, look at really what are your passions? What are, what are the things that you're really interested in? What are the things that you like? What brings joy to you? That, 
when you when you start your search going towards the things that you're maybe you've pursued your education for, that you've gotten certifications and degrees for, um, things that you have been doing if you're a younger person, things you've been doing as a summer job that you've really enjoyed. You know, if you when you pursue the stuff that you're really interested in, you're you're going to automatically be making yourself a, a good employee. You're I think it's also important for people to remember that everybody has something to offer. Everybody has skills. Everybody has talent. You're remind yourself that you're dedicated, that you're hardworking, that that you are somebody who's going to be committed to to the company that's the right match for you, and finding the job that that's the right match for you, not the job that somebody else thinks is the right one for you. Um, and I would say experiment. Try out different things. You know, more thinking about that for sort of the younger, the younger crowd. Um, now's your chance to try, try working in a few different areas. Try different jobs and make sure that you're, when you do get hired, that you're communicating all the time with your with your employer, your supervisor, um, about you know what you're really liking. Get in there and help them to problem solve and find solutions and things like that. Um, because that's what that's what companies need, right? They need they need those kinds of qualities in in their employees. Um, so I think it's just remembering who you are and everything that you have to offer, and understanding that as well. It's not going to be immediate um, for anybody. Uh, right now, I think the average length of time for job search seems to be around six to eight months from starting to starting to look to maybe getting that offer of employment. So it's not going to be overnight necessarily. If it is, that's great. But be patient and remember that it's a long journey sometimes. Absolutely. Well, thank you very much for talking to us today, Jeanette. It's really been a pleasure and I, I dare say time has flown by. Good luck with the conference and thanks again for taking a few minutes out of your day to chat with us on The Pulse. Well, thank you so much, Joita. It was wonderful to speak with you and to everybody on The Pulse. I wish you a great rest of your day. That was Jeanette Campbell, CEO of ODEN, or Ontario Disability Employment Network. Their upcoming conference on March 24th is called Rethinking Disability. And if you are a hiring manager or if you are someone who's working as a recruiter, you may want to sign up by going to www.rethinkingdisability.ca. If you missed any of my conversation with Jeanette, there was a lot of really good information in this one. You can always find the podcast on your favorite podcast platforms. Don't forget to like, rate, or subscribe and head on over to ami.ca forward slash on the pulse. That's it for our conversation today. I'll just say that if you are on the market for a new job, good luck to you. I know it can be a pretty intimidating process for people, but my two cents for anyone who cares is that if you love what you do, you don't do a day's work. So on that happy note, I'd like to thank Jeanette Campbell for being my guest on the program today. Nasreen Abdul-Majid is the technical producer for The Pulse, Andy Frank, the manager of AMI-audio, and Paula Deneen is our technical supervisor. Thanks a lot for listening, everyone. Stay safe and have a wonderful rest of your day. This was an AMI podcast. For more accessible media, visit AMI.ca.